around and with some depth to it. And I am a very simple person and a simple preacher, but I can't do anything but give you what he gave me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Something I made my kids memorize when they was little, trying to help have a little more peace in the home. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. As dear Agnes Ruth was speaking, I learned a long time ago not to question the Lord about anything, not to say, Lord, why? But I just said it like this, Lord, I'm sure there is a reason that this has all happened. And uh, there's got to be a good reason or you wouldn't allow one little darling to go through all that she's gone through. And to my surprise, he answered me. He said, yes, there's a good reason. He said, there's so much that we have tried to do that we couldn't get done because we've been too far apart. There hasn't been enough caring. There hasn't been enough loving. We haven't been tender-hearted enough. We haven't cared as we should have. So he said, I've had to let all of this happen to stand up to care more. You see, we live in an age when they say, don't wear your heart on your sleeve. You know, everybody's trying to keep it under control. I attended a funeral recently where they had it so well under control, I got sick to my stomach. At the time, you ought to cry. I've been kind of embarrassed down through the years because I've got this soft streak. Every time I see a new baby, tears come to my eyes. I try to hide it and pretend like I'm coughing so I've got an excuse to wipe my eyes away because People look down on people that are, you know, uh, sentimentality. But now God has given me a whole, a whole new lesson in caring. We've got to be tender-hearted. We don't dare allow Satan to make us hard and cold. There's got to be more softness in us if we're going to get done what he wants done. And, and what we've been reaching for has been out of our reach because we haven't been kind enough. There needs to be more kindness in our homes. You know, we, we put on a front to other people. Have you ever seen anybody suddenly come on a family that's having a little family brawl and uh, how that everybody smooths out their faces and oh yes, come in, oh how are you? And everybody's so nice and sweet all of a sudden. I've been involved in some of that. 
But God wants us kind. We've got to reach out with love and kindness and tenderheartedness. There is the verse preceding this. Let me read it to you. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, clamor. You know, I guess a bunch of women can be pretty clamorous times. And evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. <laughs> We've got to refuse to be drawn in to speaking of evil. There's a kind of a spirit in our world today that glories in ugliness. And it didn't just say outside the church. There's too many of us that just, you know, I went to a preacher's home not too long ago, and I won't even say on what continent, that said, give us all the dirt. Tell us what's going on. I changed on myself something dumb that I did kind of go another direction. I'm not going that direction anymore. I'm not interested in the dirt. I don't want to know who's failed, except that I need to pray for them. I don't want to hear about somebody's mistake. You're not going to do me a favor to fill me in. But all this stuff, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to be a part of evil speaking and malice. All of these things has got to be shoveled out. And maybe this is a sharp contrast to what we've had. But I've got to give you what God gave me. And this is what he gave me. And it's for something down the road. It's for tomorrow, next week, and next month. And when you go back home, and nobody's done what they're supposed to have done. And everything has gone wrong. I told the Lord... Last year in a prayer meeting, I said, God, if you ever see me getting callous, if you ever see me getting hard, you know what to do to make me tender again. God has chosen Agnes Ruth to be a target for every kind of attack that you can think of, to bring up in us again, to revive those tender-hearted feelings that's been lost in the shuffle, that's gotten lost under all of the pressure, that's gotten misplaced somehow with all the demands of all that's got to be done, got to be done, got to be done. And so he has chosen this darling to suffer so we can respond with tenderness. I never realized what would happen to me then to make me more tender. Just got back from Africa three weeks ago last night and uh, wasn't here long before a blow came. 
something that I couldn't or wouldn't share to protect someone else. But as I fell on my face, I said, thank you, Jesus. If it has to be lacerated, lacerate this old heart so it can be tender enough. Put us in the fire, Lord, if we have to be in the fire. But get us tender enough. Sometimes things have to happen, failures and mistakes. And all oh, while I'm talking, let me make a plea. You know, I've seen something that I know is not right. Someone fails. Someone makes a mistake. We've got our high standards. Thank God for them. But that one that failed is still a human being with a heart that hurts. And after they've made the mistake and realized what they've done, oh, the hurting is so terrible. God help me to reach a hand of love to all those that are hurting. God help me to reach a thought of love towards everyone. He's assured me this week he's giving me a new ministry. And I welcome it. I paid dearly for it. I'm thankful for it. And that's going to be, and that is the ministry of touching those that suffer. Touch those that hurt. embarrassment, mortification. A dear precious friend of mine one day took me away from some people who wanted to talk to me. Her motives were pure and good. But she said, now you have preached and you're exhausted. We can't let all of these people kill you. And so I was led away not realizing what I was doing. And then the Lord began to talk to me. And he said, the love that was in my heart didn't hold back from anyone. The love that was in me didn't draw back from anyone. No matter how dirty, no matter how filthy, or how self-righteous, or, or how pathetic, or how wretched, or how miserable. He didn't draw back from anything, and God have mercy on me that I may never draw back from anything. <laughs> he wants us to have a broken spirit. He wants us to have a loving spirit. He wants every word that goes out of our mouth to be kind. You realize what kindness is? I was on the phone one night, got an operator. All I was supposed to say to her was my credit card number. But somehow I felt that darling needed a little word of encouragement. We had quite a conversation. Jesus just said, speak some words of kindness into that ear. 
But you see, this kindness lift is something you got to practice on. you got to practice on it. It's a grocery store. It's a dry cleaner. The waitress. <laughs> the waitress that serves you when you're getting food. The cashier. Oh, God. We can be so holy in church. And we can be so short. We can be so abrupt. <laughs> be kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving. Now that little forgiving bit has become so interesting to me, you know. We think of forgiveness as that time when we go down on an altar, you know, and Lord, forgive my sins. And then we do realize after a little bit that I've got to forgive everyone who has wronged me. And we think in terms of some big wrong. But I've learned that forgiveness on a daily, everyday basis is absolutely essential. The way trouble starts is... You don't forget somebody. I was counseling with someone just recently that had made a grievous mistake. And between the bitter tears, she said, I do love Jesus. I love him so much. And I never meant to be wrong. How could I have done this? Only now did she realize what she has done. How could I have done such a thing? How did I have to so low? I said, honey, it's a day-by-day process. Does she allow a little to come in? You see, she can't criticize and be kind at the same time. You just, you just criticize, just, just frankly. It, it, you don't even feel like it's criticism. Or if you recognize it, you might think it's helpful criticism. But in the end, that bit. And then pretty soon you let a little unforgiving spirit come back. How many here today are under 25? I got a word for you, Stacey. Would you raise your hand? You're under 25. Maybe I'll say under 30. Let's make way to this a little bit. They start at the end of the day. They start at the end of the day.
mercies in your bowels, <laughs> it, it, it does something. Your stomach, it'll digest better. Bowels, that's the scripture reading. Bowels of mercy. Oh, God. Give it to us, Lord. Kindness. Here we are again with that lovely word. Kindness. Humbleness of mind. Meekness. God, I want to be meek. Long-suffering. Lord, help me to endure everything with meekness and humility and kindness, forbearing one another, putting up with one another. You know, let's face it, some of us are a little easier to put up with than others of us are. Some of us are kind of hard to endure. <laughs> but he said, forbearing one another. And forgiving one another. Here we are again. If any man have a quarrel against any, he wants us to forgive. You know, one of the best things that ever happened to my marriage, to our marriage, we have a beautiful marriage. My husband is still my sweetheart. We rode down the road coming here holding hands. We have to be separated a lot in the work of God. We don't really enjoy it. Someone said, oh, that's terrible. My bug said, well, just think of all the honeymoons we have. <laughs> but the best thing that ever happened to us was the day that we just sat down and discussed our living together and we just got real honest with each other and he said you know it just irritates me beyond anything the way that you'll forget to let the water out of the wash basin after you washed your hands 
Things that, but I'm going to forgive you every time you do it. I'm a racehorse type, and I'm racing through life so fast, so scatterbrained, that I don't take time to do a lot of little things that I ought to do. And I said, well, what I can't hardly stand is every time you get in the bed, you get in it like you're not expecting me to join me. You just turn back one little corner and, and slip in. I'd feel a whole lot better if you just yanked the whole thing back as though you meant for me to get in there with you. But you see, what we did was we got it all out and looked at it, and we began to learn to forgive. You see, you think about forgiveness and all that big stuff. But until you get it down to the little stuff, you're not really going to make it. You forgive him for being late. You forgive him for not noticing what he ought to notice. You forgive your children for being cruel. Kids can be cruel. You forgive them for being thoughtless. You forgive them for being disobedient. That don't stop you from punishing them. But forgive them at the same time. Take forgiveness into every area and facet of your life. We had an experience three weeks ago Saturday that spoke to me so deeply. We were in Ethiopia at Ababa in a service. And before church, we got the report from Brother Tekla Miriam. He said, the Church of God now numbers 79,000. He said, Brother Freeman, we don't have any problems. We've got four preachers in jail. We have several in jail at any given time, but that's all right. We'll pray them out soon. They won't be in there long. There'll probably be three or four more put in there, but we'll pray them out soon. But there's no crosses between any of our preachers. He said, we have such a spirit of unity. I cannot describe the service that we had from there. We went in after the reporting. We went into the service. For the first time in my life, I've been in the church an awful lot. This month, this week, I have a little anniversary. I've been trying to preach the gospel for 44 years. <laughs> but in that service, for the first time in my life, I felt what the day of Pentecost was like. You know, it says, and they were all together in one accord. One mind. And what I'm preaching to you about today is what is going to help it happen to us. When we get to be just one solid lump of walking, loving, kindness, tender-heartedness, and love, we are going to find out what unity of the Spirit is. Oh, that service. I closed my eyes and I thought, if heaven is any better than this. It was not a matter of, you know, shouting and dancing, and I love to do all of that. 
but it was just the presence of God. I felt like I ought to take off my shoes. I preached for 45 minutes. Brother Tom O'Daniel preached for over an hour. Brother Freeman preached an hour and a half. And they said, oh, you were too brief. Sitting on the edge of their seat, those beautiful people, oh. And I couldn't help but contrast their faces with yours. Now, those people, every last one of them, have more than once in past years had a gun pointed at them. More than once have they come against them with a knife. More than once they have put them in prison. They have beaten them. They have taken away their possessions. They, have, they are in a communist country and they have been tortured. They have gone through, you cannot imagine what. And they sit in the church and glow. They sit there and shine. It's not the hallelujah, praise God, glory to God, but just sitting there looking at you, they're shining. And I look at you, and we've already had a beautiful blessing. We've already had a wonderful word from God. And I look at you, and I see the marks of unkindness and the, and the marks of hardness of heart and the marks of that stiffness of spirit. And the marks of pride and the marks of selfishness, it's written all over your face. And I say that with great love because I love you. And because I love you, I'm telling you the truth today. Somehow, you're going to have to stop grumbling. You don't have to stop grieving. Don't say to me, but Sister Freeman, you don't know this terrible sorrow that I have. Listen, if all of our heartaches and sorrows were laid out here today, we'd all be surprised perhaps to find what many of us are bearing. But you see, one day God told me what to do with all of that stuff. And I did it, and it changed my whole life. It changed my whole outlook. It changed my whole attitude. Thank you, God, for my heartache. Thank you, Jesus, for my tragedy. Thank you, Jesus, for my bitter disappointment. And I didn't just say it one time. Every single time that that grief comes back to my mind, Thank you, Jesus. I thank you for it, Lord. Oh, there are so many scriptures to back this up, and yet I didn't find them until I was down on my face grieving. Some of you have heard the testimony, but just in case you haven't, I've got to quickly give you just the essence of it. I was down on my face grieving over my backslidden daughter. And God spoke to me and said, you're grieving me. God, I, I, I'm just crying over my girl. I'm just facing. He said, wouldn't it be better for you to praise me and let me favor? He said, I don't want you to grieve about anything. Oh, I see the marks of so much grief on the faces before me. God doesn't want you to grieve. I got up off of my knees 
it took me a little while to get it right. I'm such a worry wart or was. I mean, I, I, I could worry all the time over everything that there was to worry about. And then I could find a lot of things to worry about that didn't even exist. I, it was, I was a professional worrier. Thank God I've moved over onto Hallelujah Street. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't know, I hope that it didn't happen because of that, but because my beloved daughter turned away from God, through her, I learned the secret of praising God. And all the time it said there in the Hebrews 13 and 15, and I'd read it over and over, By him, therefore, let us offer continually sacrifice of praise, which is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And in Psalms 134, he says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children of men. Then listen to the next verse. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of praise. Continually. You see, I didn't start praising God because I was glad that my daughter was out of the ark of safety, but I started offering him a sacrifice of praise. I said, thank you, God, she's in the mess she's in, and thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do about it. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I made a promise to God that I'd never worry about her again. I'd never grieve about her anymore. I'd never shed another tear. And I would praise him until he saved her. And it was kind of hard to do at times. Even the devil would come and get a hold of me and he'd say, you better get a hold of God for that girl. She's lost. And I said, Satan, it's all taken care of. I'm going to hear just any minute that she's prayed through. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I praised him for nine years, and he saved her. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not talking about saying hallelujah anyhow and quitting there. I appreciate Ruth Munsey's song, but you, you just start praising God, and every time you think about it, you start praising God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And as you praise him, you build a foundation of faith that anything could happen on. 
just anything beautiful and wonderful and exciting and miraculous can happen on a foundation of faith. And you build it by praising God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And you start off being kind. You start off being kind and tender-hearted and loving. You know, I don't know why that we don't preach more on that verse that says, weep those that weep. I want to tell you something. I was at a ladies' retreat in Florida, and this sweet lady in charge said, Sister Freeman, I wish it was possible for you to pray for every one of these women. She said, but I know it isn't. I said, I don't know that it isn't. I said, I couldn't pray a big long prayer for every one of them, but I could say one sentence prayer 246 times for 246 women. I believe I can do that. And I want you to know, my knees were shaking when I got through. But I felt like I'd done what Jesus wanted me to do. <laughs> and you know what the Lord promised me as I pray for this service? He promised me that he was going to do something deep. Something deep and something lasting. Oh, so often we go to church and get all stirred up and make a lot of decisions and, and before the night ends, we've broken every resolve we made and it's all over with. But he's gonna do it deep today because he wants you to shine. Those people in Ethiopia are suffering and they have found out what is important. It isn't nearly so important for me to discover the little secret weakness in my sister as it is for me and my sister to be in one spirit and then I can get on the same wavelength to pray that God will strengthen her and deliver her for her weakness. Our very standards will make us self-righteous if we're not careful. We'll start just looking around to see who all's measuring up and who's not. And we begin to see these trends and just keep on being tender-hearted and loving and unity. We've got to touch each other more. In the spirit, we've got to touch each other. And, and we ought to touch each other with, with our hands more. Oh, you'll never know what it has meant to me at times in my life. I went into a church one night to preach. Brother Freeman was supposed to have been with me. And he couldn't go. I was called away. And I was alone. And I was as sick as a dog. And I sat on the back seat of that church before I had the strength to go any further. And I was so miserable and so sick and so weak. And this sweet little old gray-haired lady came in, and she didn't even know that was Sister Freeman sitting there. She just come in, and because she saw somebody sitting on the back seat, she just come over, and she patted me. Just patted me on the shoulder. And I just felt strength from every touch of her hand. I wanted to say, don't stop. I wanted to say, don't quit. Just keep on, just keep on. 
I don't care who it is. We've got to have each other. There's no way you can go it alone. There's no way you can do it alone. We have got to have each other. We've got to get close to all of that that I could. And this little old lady come up to me just smiling. Oh, her face, the love that I saw on her face. And I knew she couldn't speak English. I faintly remembered her from the area that she came from. And uh, she pointed her finger at me. Now she's going to try to talk English. You, 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 you. And she said it about six or eight times. You. And then she was trying to say, you, I find, I find God. I knew what she was trying to say because you came and brought me the message. I found God. And I thought, oh, God, I won't get any reward in heaven. I got it all now. I said that for Jesus, it's worth everything. Everything. You see, I'd had one of the hardest days of my life that very day. Just pure old work. Never worked so hard in all of my life. I had worked until we had a heat wave at a time it was supposed to be cold weather, and the perspiration had run off of me all day. It was just old sweat. I want you to know I was absolutely soaked. And, and, but there was no time to even stop and change my clothes. I had to just keep going, just like that. But when that little old darling said, you, 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 I find God. I find God. Those words did it for me. But we're shy. And we're bashful. And we hold back. And we think, well, now, Sister Tenny wouldn't want to be bothered with what I've got to say. Sister Mandarin wouldn't want to hear what I have to say. Oh, but you're so wrong. You are so wrong. Don't you dare say Sister Freeman wouldn't want to pray for me or she wouldn't want to hear what I have to say or she wouldn't want to, she wouldn't pray for me. It would be my delight and my joy. I, I would take you all in my arms. I've got awful long ones. I'd, I'd take you all in my arms if I could. Hold you all in my arms. Because there's a lot ahead of us. I feel, I feel dark shadows that are just creeping down on us, and I see some of the working of it around. Things that never happened to preachers' children and to saints' children before are happening to our children. Things that's never happened in our families before are happening in our families now. We've never needed God like we need Him now. That's why you've got to lay down everything. You've got to lay down everything. All of that unkindness and all of that bitterness and all of that ugliness and all of that stuff that's been hanging on to you. That resentment. Won't you just right now, let, let's just take care of something right now. Close your eyes just for a minute or two. Is there anybody or anything that you resent? You know, 
because this makes you prickle inside. Is there anything that anybody, now nobody around you has to know, this is going to be private between me and God. But right this minute, I want you to take that thing in your spiritual hands and dip it in the blood. Just poke it under the blood. And just forgive me that I have wasted any of my strength or any of my thoughts or any of my anger energy or resentment in it. Your husband, your children, your neighbors, your mother-in-law, your whoever, whatever. All right. Doesn't take long. That cuddle. Some of you really did it. I feel a lightning in the spirit. I feel the spirit lightning. <laughs> I see the marks of a new freedom on some faces just that quick. It didn't take long. Oh, that's what's so beautiful about the blood. You don't have to fill out an application and pay for just and wait nine weeks. Instantly. 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 Ah. Now, I could have done this the easy way today. I could just told you a lot of things about Africa that's thrilling and exciting and wonderful and stirring and moving. But I'm giving you what God gave me to give you. You have come in for a facelift today. You just didn't know it. He's going to take away the marks of all those times you got angry. He's going to take away the marks of all that whining you've been doing. He's going to take away the marks of all of that grumbling you've been doing. Then you will learn to say, oh, thank God I broke that cup. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. It belonged to my grandmother. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Thank God I've run out of gas or whatever. You're going to thank him for all of it because you've learned better now. We're not supposed to best listen. Those folks in Ethiopia, in do you know what the nickname for their church is in that country? The Thank You Jesus Church. I just must share this with you. Three young men were going home from a prayer meeting. They prayed too long and they weren't supposed to get on, get on the street. But uh, some robbers took advantage of them and they come up with guns and said, hold up your hands. And as they raised their hands, one of them said, that was a disgrace job. All three got their hands up, hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to God. While the thieves just off their coat, one of them had a watch that took that, took their pins out of the pockets and took the pocket and the shirt. They stripped them down to their underwear. They were just praising God as hard as they can. And they got so lost in prayer so they didn't even realize what was happening to them anymore. And then the thieves got so, the thieves got so upset so they, Find one young man, they catch him on the shoulder and say, Sir, thank God, hallelujah, glory to God. He don't even hear him. Thank God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Sir, thank God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And then he shook him. He said, Sir. So he opened his eyes. And they ran. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. 
wasn't even last year. <laughs> it was year before last. <laughs> and when that black bit started stopping going around and around and around, a young man ran up and jerked open the door. And he, uh, when I saw the car was going to hit me, I started praising God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And I just, it just felt so good. I, w I didn't want to stop. And it's all going to start with kindness. You'll even be kind to the dog. He's going to make you so kind. Now this doesn't mean if you've got small children that you don't discipline. That has to come. But you're going to be kind. You're going to be kind. You're going to be tender hearted. Oh, how many times, how many times has regret met us up? There's a regret that still on me, even though it was a long time ago. My oldest brother and I were always pals. He was a wonderful boy, just two years younger than I. And he had been hurt. A man had robbed him. Put him on the back of the neck, and he lay there in the bed, and there was so much work to do. And he said, Sam, please just come and sit down and talk to me. Just a few minutes. You can get the work all done. Just sit down and talk to me a few minutes. Um, it's so lonesome laying in bed. I've never laid in bed before, and I don't like it. And I just wish you'd come and talk to me. Could undo what I did. I put my hand in my hip. I said, Yeah, you're laying up in the bed, and I'm having to do all your work and all of my work, so I haven't got time to talk to you. Talk the next morning, he left us. Nothing in this world can call back those unkind words. And there's not many of us that have lived a little while that hasn't found a that place of regret. We all have some regret. The way I finally learned to survive with it was put it in Jesus' name and said, God, you know, I'd give anything in this world I could put down to that boy one more time. He's been gone a long, long time. I'd give you assurance I'm going to sit down by him again one day. But in the meantime, let me learn. Let me learn. Let me learn. And let me see. It makes 
God tells us to be good. Kindness is going to help you all. There's a lot of people who could have won to the Lord already, but they've just been kind We have closed the door of God's kingdom on people we prayed for by our unkindness. <laughs> I never realized that before, so God really began to deal with me. Oh, he put me in my place for questioning the message he gave me. And I began to realize that some of your own family, some of your relations, that you've prayed many a prayer for, but they're not saved because in an unguarded moment you were unkind. God, I want to be kind. Are we ready for that step now? That's where it starts. Kindness. This is where it starts. No matter what anybody does to you, no matter what anybody says to you, come, I'm going to be kind. <laughs> I, I don't want you to do it quickly. But I want you to say those words. You know, we get in the habit of just saying whatever the preacher tells us to say, kind of like Polly wants a cracker, Polly wants a cracker. Uh, I, I, I don't want you to do it that way. I want you to mean what you say. I want this. God said this has got to go deep. God, if you were to help me from here on out, I will be kind. Raise your hand and make him that promise. Say it in your own words. But raise your hand and say, God, from this moment forward, the rest of my life, I am going to be kind. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God, you're doing it for us, and I thank you. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. 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 Thank you for what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Now I want to warn you, you're going to have a chance to remember this so soon. I mean, it isn't going to take long before you'll have a chance to be very unkind. Unkind. Remember, you've made a promise. You've made a promise. If you have to bite your teeth, bite it. I will become. <laughs> All right? Now let's get to that tender heart of business. But let me warn you that if you don't voluntarily make yourself tender hearted, God may have. God knows how. And if you don't do it for yourself, then you can do it for yourself. You can make yourself. You can make that old heart melt. But if you don't, well, if he loves you, he'll bring you there. Better to go there with him. 
they're going to do it again because Jesus, if you were to tell me. Now wait, don't do it too quick. Don't do it too quick. You know when they, they take you to court, they make you swear with your right hand lifted. That is, people that don't. There are some folks that have a conviction against that, but we're going to lift our right hands to God, but not quickly. God, I am determined by your help and grace to be and remain in your heart. Can you do it? Can you do it? Now you're not going to shout over this one that this is going to do you the good. This is going to stay with you. This is going to walk with you every day. I'm going to be tender-hearted to my husband and to my children, to my neighbors, to my brothers and sisters in the Lord, to business people, to everyone I meet, every little child. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, <clears throat> And now, we come to the the most crucial one is always without us. Jesus, I am determined to forgive. And I hate to say what the Lord told me to say, but I was a friend of my voice today to hear the end of Now, I, I didn't want to say that. I don't even like to think about the thing like that. They may not be, but just one person, but you see how much Jesus loves you. He had me to say this for you. He's going to help you today to forgive. Some of you have been wrong. Some of you have been here with left you. Or maybe you were engaged and you were disappointed and brokenhearted. It's very important that you forgive. It's an idea. It's just little small things, but you're still holding it. You're carrying that old dirty package around with you, and God can't do it for you or the church you're in what He would like to do until you forgive. You have got to forgive because if you don't forgive, He's not going to forgive you all those things He's done against Him. For your forgiveness to remain valid, you have to forgive. It's even there in what we call the Lord's Prayer. But it really isn't the Lord's Prayer. It's our prayer. It's a pattern for us to pray, forgive my trespasses if I forgive those who trespass against me. Forgive my debt if I forgive my debt. Yes. Now, on this one, I want you to stand. And I don't want you to wait, 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 wait. I don't mean to jump up. I mean, and when you come to that place, if you're ready to turn into everything, that you are ready, I don't care what it is, I don't care who did then you're ready to say, Jesus, by your help, immediately. I forgive this thing, I will not mention it again if you have talked about it, or I am going to blot it out of my mind, I'm putting it under your blood, Lord, I am going now, when you can say that, and everybody, preachers' wives sometimes have to forgive others in the church. Saints have to forgive others. 
No more, you're a bold and you're old, silly, boozy, and a game still husband. God help me to you today. You've got to get rid of that pain. Somehow, that hardness on your face, that uncleanness, the mark that's there has got to be obliterated with the power of God's face. <laughs> as you are ready and as you are able to, God, by your help and grace, I forgive. I want you to stand and raise your hand to <laughs> Under your precious blood, Jesus. I will not think about it anymore. I'm turning loose of it today, Jesus. It's gone. Under the blood, it disappears. Under the blood, it is forever gone. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 